This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. I'm back, just like Slim Shady, back again. Matt, <laughs> great to see your man bun and uh, hear your voice again. Ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, you too, man. You too. Of, of all the, I'm back again. Like you went with Slim Shady. It's like all your references are are so dated, even though you're so young. I just don't get it. Dude, I was in Florida. Everyone there is 75 plus. I'm on the golf course and at least 80% have one replaced hip. So I don't know what you expect from me, man. Tom Brady is the youngest person in Florida. <laughs> is that right? Dude, I, shit you not. I was shelling. I went shelling. If you don't know what that is, I legit was looking for shells on the beach. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> wait, wait, did you pick them up and like, listen no, they're and not like, like that. Like, I'm looking for banded tulips and lightning whelks. Wait, what uh, the hell is this? Yeah, dude, I'm a big sheller. I have the Sanibel stoop now where I wait. Stoop you're not over joking. Walk. No, I'm not kidding you. Like these are like real terms that real people use for a real hobby. Well, 100 percent they are. <laughs> I thought you were. I just totally thought you were like making stuff up at first. Like, oh yeah, oh, I'm looking for a no Sanibel sea seascaper. Well, they do something. have the the Florida cone. That's a real thing. They have this is real. And, yeah, dude. All right. Uh, man. You know what? You know what? I never want to, you know, like throw shade on what brings another man shine. So please, like, like, what is it about shell? What did you call it? Shelling? Shellery? Yeah, shelling, dude. Shelling. What is it about this that like that 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 gets you? Yeah, uh, Like, what is it? Yeah, What's the draw? Um, trying to find a Janonia. I understand three people are going to understand my reference, but if you've ever been to Sanibel, you understand trying to find the Janonia. That was an Outcast album like three years ago. Yeah. It, what was it? I thought it was Bombs Over Baghdad, but yeah, that was the last one I listened to because I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what I did. I went shelling. I read books. I golfed. I watched football. Got to watch the Chiefs game at a little outdoor area sitting outside drinking a yingling because i'm on the east coast so i could drink nice. a yingling and watch a chiefs game it was oh yeah dude yingling's dude, good it was incredible so i'm 
honestly, those two weeks were just fantastic. Man, man, we're so glad to have you back. Uh, you know, I mean, we we did all right without you. Uh, actually, we did nothing one week. So I guess I could say without you, the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> we uh, we all took a bye week. It was nice. Uh, I have to admit, you know, just uh, uh, I don't know. This isn't heavy lifting. We talk about our chief's opinions and then we go home. I mean, that's that's not heavy lifting. But everyone needs a break from everything. Yeah, I, I needed I needed a break from talking chiefs and drinking beer to drinking beer and talking, talking chiefs with my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> do you get those Shelling. questions too? Do you get Shelling. those questions all the time? It, whenever you tell someone, "Oh yeah, I you know I do a chiefs podcast. I do chiefs for sports talk radio," and then they just want to just what happened to the chiefs? What's going on with Patrick Mahomes? And I'm sitting there. They just dismantled the Cowboys. They've won, what, four straight. They are leading the AFC West. What's wrong was you guys, not saying the people listening to this podcast, but those people just, they see what's in the media. They see a team that was in the Super Bowl struggling for a few weeks, and they automatically write them off. Every single team goes through ups and downs, and it's still crazy to me that people who just listen to maybe the national media still think that the chiefs are, Oh, well they're bad this year. Right? Like they're just, okay. They're not going to go to the super bowl. Like congrats. They, they had their fun. They're done. And Mahomes, that was a flash in the pan. It's like, come on. I was getting irrationally irritated at 73 year old men down there. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> maybe Colin coward was down there. Cause he's about that old yeah. and he's espousing a bunch of the trash. Man, you know, like we saw it with, with Ryan, we've seen it with Ryan Clark in particular a couple times now this year. He's like, Patrick Mahomes is broken, quote, and then now it's uh, Travis Kelsey's broken. And I mean, in general, you know, look, look, these guys, some of them never had any credibility to begin with. So trading in what little or none they had is like not a big deal. It's a little surprising to see Ryan Clark doing it, but. I mean, that's the way it is, right? I mean, unless you're sensational, you don't get heard in that medium. You work in radio. Yeah. All right. Like, like, you know, what moves the meter and what doesn't move the meter. Uh, yeah. Like, 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 I mean, what do you do with that? What do you do with that when the pressure's on you to deliver ears or deliver eyes and you know, you got to say something that could be the soundbite. I mean, do you, do you fault some of these guys since that's the industry that they're in and then lazy fans who just take what they hear and parrot it endlessly? Well, I'll just be lazier and say both, but (laughs) no, (laughs) I I do think a lot of it does fall on the media. You try to give these quick pieces because you're a person, you understand people's what's it, their uh, attention span is so little and it's it's so short and especially when everything is thrown at you so many different ways, you can always find something that backs up your viewpoint. It's difficult. You got to almost be irrational at times or else people are like, well, that's not fun to listen to. I don't want someone who's sane. Sane's no fun. Yeah. But okay. But but here's the thing, right? Like if you're only going to pay like mild attention to something, uh, you know, like, like if someone's just a hyper casual fan and they're like, 
Uh, let me let me listen for like one minute on what this guy thinks about the Chiefs, and ex- and I'll accept that opinion. Like if that's if that's your level of fandom, then your level of emotion should also be eh, I don't care. But what's crazy is these casual fans will have all this emotion behind it, right? Like on social media or whatever, they'll listen to like a one minute opinion, and then they'll be like, "Oh, he said Mahomes sucks," and yeah, Mahomes <laughs> sucks. Like, and it's like. Well, you don't even really care to do the research, but yet you're putting all your energy into being a troll about it online or something. Like it's just not congruent. I I just don't get it. Any anyway. like like I could say Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Troy Aikman. I mean, I'm right, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Troy Aikman is a whole other. He's the new Dan Fouts. Now that we have no more Dan Fouts, Troy Aikman took over that slot for me. I Troy, just hate listening to him. Troy Aikman is the is the worst. And I don't mind Joe Buck at all. I've had a chance to meet Joe Buck, speak with him. He is a great guy. Like he's an actual good dude. And say what you will about his his announcing. I think he's fine. I, I, I personally like, like Joe Buck. I don't I like him Joe at Buck. All. I don't understand the hate. I understand a lot of people in Kansas City don't like him because of the whole they think he has a major market bias, the whole Kansas City Royals, you know, San Francisco Giants, World Series. A lot of people in Kansas City don't like him because of that. I think he gets a bad rap. Okay. Yeah, he was all over Madison Bumgarner, but also Madison Bumgarner was historic. I get it. Joe Buck's fine. Trey Aikman, though, what the hell? Troy Aikman will just sit there and be like, yeah, I don't know, man. Fourth and one. Uh, you're on the 30-yard line, the opposing team, so I'd probably punt it here. And you're sitting here like, Troy, what the hell? And he's, yeah, back in my day, just some smash-mouth football. Oh, Dude, man. you had the best offensive line and running back in football. Of course you were good. Yeah. Troy Aikman really grinds my gears. I'm, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, though, when your gears have been grinded – you know what's great is a bye week, right? <laughs> that was a horrible segue, but let's talk Chiefs and let's talk bye week and let's talk coming out of it because, look, it was early fall 2015 in the year of our Lord when the Denver Broncos last beat Andy Reid and the Chiefs, right? We're talking Marcus Peters was making one of his first starts ever for the chiefs. Mitch Morse was learning how to be a center. Dwayne bow was still on the <laughs> roster, right? The last time Denver was relevant. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, Bradley Chubb comes out today and says, we are full of hatred talking about how he can't wait to upend them. And I'm thinking there's gotta be some real young chiefs fans who are probably like, why would I even care about the Broncos? Because they suck so bad. Like, is there any worry on your end about this sort of a trap game, about the Chiefs having taken out bigger teams, coming out of a bye where they've had a rest, and maybe not matching the emotional intensity of a Broncos team who have proven to be a lot feistier this season than any of us would have predicted, right? I would say, yes, there is some concern. I don't think it's necessarily a trap game because Andy Reid off of a bye is just absolutely incredible. We always hear about it, but we know the numbers there. Andy Reid off of a bye is nearly a lock, especially since he's been in Kansas City. But I am a little bit nervous. Denver, I don't think is a great team. I do think they've beat up on some poor competition, but now they're starting to at least beat decent teams. 
And that does make me a little nervous. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback, I, I but I think he's done better than expected. They do have some decent weapons out there, and that defense is legit. Patrick Sertan is incredible. Ever since they lost Von Miller, Von Miller's not won a game, and all of a sudden this Denver defense has turned it around. <laughs> I, it makes no sense, but sometimes that's football. It doesn't always make sense. In any given Sunday, anything can happen. The Chiefs are the better team. They're playing, I would say, some of the best football right now. They've won four straight games. The defense looks incredible. It's starting to be reminiscent of the year they won the Super Bowl. Their defense was atrocious, and then all of a sudden there was something that clicked. They turned it around. This defense looks like it's, like it's done that, but Patrick Mahomes does need to be careful. He has thrown a decent amount of interceptions. Whether it's off receivers' hands or not, they're still getting picked off. you got to watch out with this Denver D since they're ball hawks, and Patrick Sertan can make plays happen. Yeah. Yeah, you bring up a good point here. I I just want to I want to clarify. My question to you wasn't saying what my position was because I think the Chiefs were already playing mad football and they're going to continue to play mad football. They're just going to be a little bit rested from having done so. I, I just think they're focused. I think they're ferocious right now. Um and I don't see why they're not going to continue that. That said, this is the single best secondary in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, maybe New England has matched them this year, but in terms of talent on paper, for sure it's the Broncos. And even the on-field results have spoken for themselves. So, you know, this is going to be a real challenge for, uh, like like we've seen Travis Kelsey, you know, like player like teams being very physical with him at the line, learning to shut down Tyreek, and, and the Chiefs lack that other option who can create separation. I mean, this would be the great game if Josh Gordon could like finally do something with the reps that he's getting right. Or, or someone like that. But yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a big, a bigger test than I think anyone thought we might get, which is why they flexed it to, to Sunday night. Yeah. That's the fun part because it is flexed to Sunday night. It's fun if you're not going to the game, uh, <laughs> but this is what's fun. Whoever wins is going to be leading the AFC West. That's crazy. Everyone, <laughs> everyone was thinking that, well, one, everyone kept thinking the Chiefs, oh, there's no chance when the FC West. Hell, I thought the Chargers were going to win at that point because the Chargers were playing good football and they had an easy schedule. Chargers shit the bed. Chiefs decided, hey, we forgot. We're Kansas City. We know what we're doing here. We know how to win close ball games, And they did it. Yeah. And the Denver Broncos are sitting here saying, well, we don't know if we're good or bad. We have no idea. We're just going to go out there and see what happens. <laughs> Uh, let me, let's talk about the bye week in particular. I'm just curious, like, who do you think or what position you think or what area do you think benefits the most from having the last week off completely before having to come back to practice? Oh, offensive line. I mean, the offensive line, you got to talk about right tackle. Right tackle's been completely banged up. Joe Tooney's been playing through a, a broken hand. Just when you're playing on the offensive line, Sure, you don't see those big hits, you know, like a wide receiver or a running back or a linebacker, one of those massive hits, but they're taking these small hits on every single play. That takes a huge toll. So I think the offensive line uh, would probably have the biggest benefit. Guys like Anthony Hitchens, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire having his first game back, then having a bye. Now he should be completely rested, ready to go. Chris Jones should be the healthiest he's been all season long. Frank Clark, I mean... The bye week's just 
it's huge. And the fact that this happening right now for Kansas City, I think is is big. Sure, they were on a four-game win streak. I get it. But getting healthier, I think, is the most important part. So for Kansas City, it couldn't have come in a better time. Yeah, I agree. They were easing some defensive guys into the lineup. So even for guys like Willie Gay, who were injured and then came back and then got some reps, even just to give him another week off before like plugging him back in for the stretch run is good. Um, also, I, you know, Tyron Matthew, Legereus Sneed, both are playing like Pro Bowl performers this year. But both of those guys have been questionable in the last couple weeks with a knee injury. Uh, Sneed, especially, I think, for two weeks. So that's going to be really key to get him back, uh, you know, to form. If he looks that good when it's when he's been limited in practice, it'll be really nice to see him flying around in the secondary um, w- when he's good again. So I, I, I want to talk Denver. I want to talk a little bit more about the matchup. But I also want to take a quick break. We'll be right back with the Arrowhead Attic podcast talking week 13 and the first matchup of two scheduled contests against the Broncos. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic pad. Uh, <laughs> the podcast. Was this a maxi pad commercial? <laughs> It's podcast time. Oh my gosh. Why are we not sponsored by, by MaxiPad for tampons to go? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to this fantastic podcast. We're from Boston. Oh man. Leave this in. Leave this in the podcast. Like a blooper reel. We're t- okay. Either That's either good. either we're doing a Boston podcast or we're talking about maxi pads. I don't I don't know. <laughs> what are we asking? What's going on? Welcome back to the Arrowhead. <laughs> Welcome back to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You're listening to Sterling Holmes crack up because we've tried this four times now just to come back from the break. He called it a fantastic team, and welcome back to the podcast. So that catches you up on the bloopers that we've had. I'm was not that, sure it, what's well, going on. We, did, we were doing a Boston tampon commercial, and that's basically... <laughs> Basically, what happened, but now we're talking Chiefs. We're, we're back fantastic. at it. They're fantastic. It was like an SNL skit gone awry, like one of the few funny ones. You know, Saturday Night Live, it's either the the pot, it's, it's either the fantastic those skits or they're just horrible. There's no in between. Yeah, that yeah. was like one of the yeah. really bad skits, but yeah. one that you still laugh at. And you, <laughs> that's what that was in the break. And I don't even know what we're going to leave in. So you guys are welcome. Matt's the guy who cuts everything. So if he left in the funny stuff, thank him. If he didn't boo thank that him. man, boo that man, <laughs> boo, boo that man. But I do want to talk chiefs Broncos week 13. Whoever wins this will be leading the AFC West. The chiefs, while they've had some offensive struggles, really broke out last week, still waiting for that second wide receiver to really step up. We kept saying Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon, eventually we probably to say that might not happen. McCole Hardman seemingly used only in a DeAnthony Thomas gadget role. They've really cut back a lot of his snap counts unless he's being the focal point of that play. Byron Pringle's getting a lot more run. What do you think the Chiefs do at wide receiver two? How do they take advantage or try and beat what is, like you said, maybe the best secondary in the NFL? Yeah, I don't think you have to beat the secondary. I, th- I think we can run the ball 
I think the Chiefs are are built for this. It, you know, it's going to be cold. It's going to be. Um, I mean, uh, Denver can be soft there, and uh, you know, with Clyde back with Daryl, um, even with Jarek, yeah, I, I just think I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to be a little bit more focused on the run. Um, in terms of that, I will say this. Let's let's talk. Uh, look, I love Josh Gordon. I mean, I, I say I'll say it this way. I thought I would love the Josh Gordon edition. I know you also love that I loved it because you love to <laughs> rub it in my face. So let me beat you to that punch. But let me also say, let me like, am I an idiot for holding out hope even now, even now that it's been four years since Josh Gordon first signed with the chiefs. I'm pretty sure they signed Josh Gordon back when they signed Jeremy Macklin. I don't know. <laughs> it's been forever. We've seen nothing. I don't know what to think. And yet there's this part of me that still believes, you know, because Andy Reid still talks highly of him in practice. He says he's getting it, says he's growing and they're giving him reps. He's just not getting a target. I'm looking at some of these other guys getting targets and I'm like, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like there was literally a drive where we force fed Noah Gray because apparently Noah Gray was like, I'm quitting the team unless I get a reception on this drive. And they like went to him three times in a row, like in the goal line, in a goal line situation. Um, like how is Josh Gordon not getting more looks? I, I, but he's also getting enough chances to play. If he's not creating separation, he shouldn't play. He is playing, but he's not getting targets. I don't get it at all. Am I an idiot? Yes or no? Well, you're an idiot, but not for that reason. That's uh, fine. That's fine. <laughs> sorry, I was too easy. But either no, way. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. He's also not taking advantage of the opportunity. He's dropping balls. I mean, dude showed stone for hands multiple times this year. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like, if you're not going to step up and make plays when your number's called, Mahomes probably isn't going to try and force feed you the ball. You have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. They have proven time and time again, even when they make a mistake, they're trustworthy enough to that you know they're going to make a play, they're going to make up for it. Josh Gordon has not shown that yet. When Mahomes has tried going to Josh Gordon, tried looking his way, either he's not getting separation or he's dropping the ball. That does not lead to confidence sure he's a freak athlete sure he looks like he should be incredible but some guys look the part and aren't the part like you said josh gordon's not been good in multiple years do i still think josh gordon can show something this year sure i definitely think he can but he hasn't so far and to think that all of a sudden we the chiefs need to just force feed him the ball that's a foolhardy endeavor byron pringle has showed and stepped up more than he has yeah. Yeah. But, so then why isn't Byron Pringle getting Josh Gordon's reps? Byron Pringle's getting a lot more reps. I don't have yeah, it in, I don't have is. it in front. I don't have it in front of me, but I thought Byron Pringle played like 49% of snaps. Uh, Josh Gordon was like 20. McCall was around 20. So no, Byron Pringle snaps have gone up. So I don't think they think of Byron as a every down wide receiver too, but they've obviously thought enough of him that, hey, you might be playing half the snaps. Sure, sure. Let's look at the AFC West here because the everyone. Okay, so at, at the present moment, the Chiefs are seven and four. The Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, six and five. 
everyone over 500. The only other division in which everyone is 500 is the AFC North with the Steelers, Browns, Ravens, and Bengals, which means the AFC West is the best and most competitive division right now in football. I want to ask you this first. Are you buying or selling that notion overall that the AFC West is the best division top to bottom? Uh, Selling. I'm selling that. I think the Chiefs are obviously legit. I think the Chargers have a case, but they've played some very bad football. I think the Chargers are going through that stretch that Kansas City did that every single team goes through every single year. They'll go through a four game. The Bills went through it, but the Bills just busted out with a 31-6 win over the Saints. They may be past it. I think the Ravens are in it right now, but they're still coming and finding ways to, to get wins. I mean, Lamar threw four interceptions where he looked like he was throwing to the other team on purpose. But no, I don't think the AFC West is the best team, the best division. I mean, I think it's still the AFC North. All four of those teams, I think, are better than the Raiders, better than the Broncos, and potentially even better than the Chargers. So that's where I stand. The Steelers, I don't think, are necessarily anything great, but that defense is legit, and I think their offense is still better than Denver's. So I, I, I would still is say there a hatred. North. Is there a hatred of the rivals that doesn't allow us to respect the rivals in the way that an outsider would be able to do so. No, no, because I would want to say AFC West because that would make make it seem like the Chiefs are even better, right? That would make it seem sure. like the Chiefs are sure. playing. And yeah, you can say record-wise, how could you say any other division? And I get that. You can make that argument. But when it's all said and done, I don't think we're going to look back and say, wow, this AFC West, they were just a phenomenal division. You probably say, well, they really beat up on the NFC East. I mean, they beat up on the worst division in football. Yeah. I mean, and sure, they've they've beaten some good teams as well. I I just think if you're being truthful, you're not going to say the Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, you know, all those teams. Are you saying they're better than the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers? I, I would probably say you would. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree there. Uh, I also think the NFC West – with the Niners, the Seahawks, the Rams. Well, the Seahawks have been a massive di- disappointment. The Seahawks, and even with Russell Wilson back, they've just sure. been really bad. Sure, uh, but I and, think that quartet has a higher ceiling with the Cardinals uh, and the Rams there than the than the AFC West. No, I, I would agree there as well. I, I, I think that the Cardinals and Rams alone – those top two are better than the AFC West top two. Those top two might be the best top two in football. And then San Fran, all of a sudden, I made this case the other day. I don't know if I said it on the podcast. I don't think I did. Everyone always talks like Matt Nagy is this some boob for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> he hasn't had a losing record. He's gone to the playoffs a couple of times with not his guy, Mitchell Trubisky, right? It's yeah. not like he's been gifted these phenomenal players He's been gifted bleep and has been pretty productive. He won, hell, he won coach of the year, right? But somehow Shanahan out there in San Fran is lauded as this once-in-a-lifetime coach, this genius. He's had one winning season the year he went to this Super Bowl, and so everyone thinks, oh, well, that's what they're supposed to be. Dude has been horrible for most of his time out there in San Fran. This is, I would say, he's looking to turn it back up again. But I was always saying, all those people screaming for Nagy to get fired, that he's some idiot. 
where are the Kyle Shanahan people out here screaming at this dude who's been under 500, underperforming for year after year after year with much better players? Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, they had that one super injured year, which gave him a free pass. And, and I get that. But I'm, but I'm with you. I, I always wondered about this. You know, there was that one off season where like John Lynch spent like 30 something million dollars on, on a, on a fullback. Uh, the guy with the last name that you can never say. Use check. Uh, Kyle use check. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts with Kyle price check, price <laughs> check on aisle three, whatever it is. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, you see that and, 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 um, yeah, I mean, they didn't know what to do with Matt Breda, some others, uh, personnel wise. I mean, even the D Ford trade, right? I mean, I mean, even that. So, I've kind of wondered, even personnel wise, that team has been lauded way more than than they deserve to be with on field results. Um, but back back to the West, then. You sound confident in the Chiefs. You sound confident in the Chargers. It sounds as though, even though both the Raiders and the Broncos are entering December with winning records. You expect both to fall apart in the next two to four weeks. Yeah, I do. I I think the Broncos almost certainly, although defense typically plays up, weather gets colder. I get that. They don't run the football particularly well. I think if they fall behind in games, they're going to really struggle to keep up with any team. Teddy Bridgewater is just, he's a guy. He's just a guy. Like he's he's a fine, a great backup quarterback, but he is one of the bottom starting quarterbacks in the NFL. So if they fall behind, they play some good teams. I see them struggling to keep up. The Raiders give Derek Carr. I'm going to give Derek Carr a lot of credit. The eyeliner that he wears, it's he's always no, but he, he he's a really good quarterback. For the past two seasons, Derek Carr has been extremely extremely solid. Does not get the credit he deserves. He seems like a really good guy. He truly does. Sure. Even though he looks like he might be a member of like Papa Roach or like Crazy Town. <laughs> he, he's been really good. I mean, and he's had everything crumble around him. He's moved from, from Oakland to Las Vegas. You've had your head coach get canned. You've had a, a wide receivers, cornerbacks do idiotic, horrific, just horrific things off the field. And he's still out going and performing. Derek Carr deserves more credit, but I think eventually everything's going to catch up to that team. And that's going to be the downfall of them. And then again, the Chargers, I think they're good because like Justin Herbert, I think they have some weapons offensively. And in today's NFL, that's what I think separates those high ceiling, good teams from just the middle of the pack teams. I think eventually when it's all said and done, the Justin Herberts will rise above the Derek Carrs, the Teddy Bridgewaters. And then of course you have Patrick Mahomes leading the, putting the crown up top, the crown jewel. (laughs) Hey, let's, uh, let's talk Mahomes to close out the show because I have a question that sounds silly. And yet when you look at the field, you go, maybe so. I like the chances of Patrick Mahomes slipping in there for the MVP conversation, which sounds crazy far-fetched until you start to look at some of the numbers and you think, well, who really deserves it this year? If he gets red hot down the stretch, I kind of like it. If he gets sun hot, if he gets like five touchdown, 400 yards a game continuously for four, sure. Sure. But I do think 
top five seems realistic. I'll give you that. I think Matt Stafford still, even though Matt Stafford struggled, I still think he has a good chance. I think Kyler Murray, uh, unless you want to say the injury concerns, you know how he's missed a couple games. I'll, I'll give you that one. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I think his last few games should should bust him out, but the media for some reason likes Lamar Jackson a lot. Josh Allen would have to get red hot as well. But I do think there's a, a case of, well, Mahomes has already won it. He's already We already know how good he is. Let's try and give it to someone else. There's a reason why, for example, Bill Belichick didn't win Coach of the Year every single year. There's a reason why LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, they didn't win MVP every single You get tired. You get tired of it. It's not fun. The media always tries to, who's next? I think Josh Allen was that guy this year. I thought that the media was going to try and help him out a little bit more, but he struggled recently, obviously. But I think Mahomes is going to get that. You see him in every commercial. He's always in your face, but eventually you're like, yeah, but we were expecting him to throw for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns because he didn't do it. We're going to give it to the guy who threw for 5,500 and, and less. Like, I, I think that's a real thing, the voter fatigue. But isn't that, but isn't, so then doesn't that make this year the perfect year to potentially vote for Mahomes? Because two years ago, Mahomes had a killer year, but it was like, oh, we got to give it to Lamar Jackson. That's fine. Last year, he comes in second again, Aaron Rodgers, right? We got to give it to, uh, so it's been a couple years. And in this year, like, Again, who else is there? You're like some of the guys you're talking to. You said they either fell out of favor or they need to get red hot. So I'm looking at this going, well, why can't Mahomes be the one who gets red hot? If somebody has to step up, then why couldn't it be Mahomes? And in a downer of a year, you go ahead and give Mahomes the award, knowing that in future years when fatigue sets in, but there is a bright option, you take that one. I would listen to that argument. And I think you bring up a very good case. I I just, I want Mahomes to win MVP and I don't want to be let down if I say, yeah, Mahomes for MVP. So that could be part of it. But I I, I think you, you're, you're on to something to say, and this could be one of the better years for him to win it just based on no one stepping up. There might not be that. You can't say voter fatigue because no one stepped up. No one took that spot from him. I will say those interception numbers, he does need to cut back. Whether you say it's on receivers or not, they still show up. Those still factor in. They're not going by PFF. You're not going by, well, that was on the receivers. They still show up when you're voting. Yeah. This would have been the perfect year for Derrick Henry yeah. as a running back to finally, like for someone else other than a quarterback, to get over the top. And the problem is who's it going to, you know, Devonte Adams, Jonathan Taylor. Is that, I mean, no. is that a sleeper pick? The I, Colts are six and six. That's not happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just hard. It's just hard to say. That's why I think it's there for the taking. And I know Mahomes isn't about, is it going to force it? Um, because forcing it is what got him into this predicament in the first place. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. I even put a little money on it because I like the odds. There it is. Oh, how much you put on it? You know, en- enough to uh, en- enough to pick up a podcast uh, <laughs> and uh, and make it work. So, All right, wait, wait a minute. Are you in a betting state, Matt, or am I going to have to to call? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Indiana is a betting state. 
See, uh, Kansas and Missouri. Indiana is so forward thinking in all of its ways that Indiana is the leading edge. I don't know if you know this, but no, that's not true at all. My favorite thing about Indiana, despite your political leanings, whatever they may be, instead of Mike Pence, which we gave the country, we also have locally Mike Hot Pence, who is a Mike Pence lookalike. Literally, he's a Mike Pence lookalike, an old man, uh, you know, older white gentleman, hair parted on the side, real short. He goes around wearing hot pants, like real, real short biker shorts with these roll. <laughs> With these roller skates on, he goes around in roller skates and like you see the full bare thigh, everything going on. And he just roller skates around town. He's known as Mike Hopkins. He's wonderful. You can even Google images of Mike Hopkins. There you go. So that's my contribution. I'm not going to Google that. I am not Googling that. But I will say, how funny is that? That someone's like, dude, was that was that Mike Pence? Just roll it. Just roll it. Hopkins. Yeah, was was. <laughs> Was that the former vice president? Like that that's just incredible. That is I think top notch. I love him. I love him. I think he's an he's an icon here. Anyway, uh Sterling, got any parting thoughts before we're out of here? Uh you know what? I'm gonna be back for the Chiefs post game podcast and we'll see what I'm gonna be boozing on, since that's my new thing apparently is hey, who's the guy that was drinking bourbon during the post game shows? Love it. Love it. Did you bring back some yangling from the East Coast? I didn't, and I was actually very upset with myself. We stopped at a Bucky's too in Georgia, which have you ever been to a Bucky's? Bucky's? I don't know what that is. The it's a Costco basically of a gas station. Like, I'm not kidding you. There's a hundred pumps. There's a beef jerky wall. It's insane. <laughs> Amazing. I felt God in that Bucky's. I love it. I love it. All right. On that note, hey, you've been listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Matt Connor at Matt Connor AA on Twitter. You can listen to Sterling Holmes. You can listen to him on Twitter if you listen to words typed out. I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway, at Homestretch KC. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. Most importantly, all of you are wonderful for even following along to any of this nonsense. We so appreciate your listenership, your readership on the site. Um, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam will be up later in the week for an in-depth Broncos preview. For now, we're signing off. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.